What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cheer Shots to the Cranium. I am Stephen Goforth. Before we jump into this interview with Tatanka, I want to remind all of you to go check out our Instagram page and our Twitter page at Chair 2 Cranium. Chair, the number two cranium. Chair 2 Cranium on Instagram and on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, and on YouTube. You don't want to miss any future episodes of Cheer Shots to the Cranium that's coming down the pipeline, as well as interviews. Just did an interview with Bullet Bob Armstrong, so make sure you go check that out. And WrestleMania week is upon us. It is here. And we'll be doing our prediction show this coming week before WrestleMania. And also do a Cranium Correspondence where I'll talk about things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling. So make sure you check that out. Do not miss it. You can also check out Cheer Shots to the Cranium on OneWrestling.com. OneWrestling.com has all of your latest news in professional wrestling. And as always, you know you can check out our website at CheerShotsToTheCranium.com. Again, that's CheerShotsToTheCranium.com. I have a lot of cool links on there to other wrestling promotions, independent wrestling promotions, as well as some other really good information that you want to check out. This time last year, we're in March Madness. This time last year, hard to believe it's been a year, I did a greatest tag team tournament. You can go check that out still up on the website. Find out how those brackets played out, who beat who, and find out who won the greatest tag team tournament. So again, all of that's on ChairShotsToTheCranium.com. And don't forget, on there you can go buy your very own ChairShotsToTheCranium t-shirt through ProWrestlingTees.com. The t-shirts are laid out there on the website for you. You see your options, click on them, and go buy them at ProWrestlingTees.com. As always, I greatly appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, let's jump right into my interview with the one and only Tatanka. My guest on Cheer Shots to the Cranium Interviews is one of the greatest wrestlers and entertainers to ever step foot in a ring. He entertained fans for years in WWE and continues to give back to professional wrestling with his tremendous ideas and talents. His ability to take fans on an emotional and entertaining ride in the ring ranks among the best in professional wrestling. It's my pleasure to welcome the legendary Tatanka. Tatanka, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. How are you today? Doing awesome, and with that introduction, we don't need nothing else. That's absolutely awesome, but it's a pleasure to be with you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be with, again, Chair Shots to the Cranium. I love that name. We discussed that a little bit earlier, but it's a pleasure. I want to give a big uh, hello to everyone out there listening. So it's a pleasure to be here, Steve. Thank you very much. An absolute pleasure to have you. Recently, you agreed to work with Universal Championship Wrestling. The owner of UCW is Ron Gossett. And uh, he has set up a wrestling company that, that really prides itself on the tradition of wrestling. Your know, tradition rises from the ashes, as well as outstanding talent that, that are uh, out there today. What are your thoughts on Ron and Wrestling for Universal Championship Wrestling? Well, that's a great question. And number one is going to be my first time that I'm going to be with UCW. I hear they're doing awesome things, so I'm excited to come. They got a great guy who's booking things. Everyone knows that name. 
Kevin Sullivan, everyone knows his experience. Everyone knows where he came from, WCW, coming from that era when Goldberg, they were chanting in the buildings for WCW. That was Kevin Sullivan. So I'm really excited to be there. Plus, I'm excited because that area is fantastic for wrestling. South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, that, that's where I began wrestling when I began before War Wrestling Federation, South Atlantic Pro Wrestling in that area. But what I love what UCW is doing is they're taking the old school that people love, the golden eras, the 80s and the 90s characters, you know, colorful characters, larger than life characters, but they're also mixing it with today's talent. So when you, as a fan, as a true wrestling fan, not only do you get to come and see the golden era of wrestling and see guys who've been there, have been at the big WrestleManias, have the big names, have the larger than life characters, the great storytellers, but you also have all the new and upcoming hungry talent that's looking to get to WWE, looking to establish a name. So, so I'm looking forward to it. And again, Tatanka's in shape, so I'm looking forward to whoever I'm going to be working with. I don't know who we're going to be working with, but again, it's going to be a pleasure to be with UCW, and again, it's going to be a pleasure to meet all the fans from that area because just great wrestling fans from that area april the 6th this this coming weekend battle of the belts that's going to be in griffin georgia that's where you'll be able to see tatanka and all the great superstars of universal championship wrestling you can interact with them and meet and greets get an autograph and uh, and also see them in action you, you do not want to miss this you can purchase your tickets on their website it's ucwtv.com or if you're in the griffin georgia area you can stop by seller's law firm to purchase your tickets, whatever you, whatever, wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, make sure you get there. If you're getting to take a plane ride, a bus ride, a train ride, a car ride, getting there with your buddies and your family and take a road trip, go check out this show and see Tatanka. You do not want to miss it. Uh, but Tatanka, I wanted to take a little trip down uh, memory lane, if you don't mind, and talk a little bit about uh, your wrestling career. Uh, your wrestling career began... <laughs> Because of a, a unique combination here. It's Blockbuster Video and Buddy Rogers. So tell us more about how your historic career began because of this unique relationship. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of funny. And give us reason I love where we're going. We're going to, again, like you said, Griffin, Georgia. I mean, I love those areas. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we wrestled South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, a little bit in Virginia. So, but mainly North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. So that's the reason I'm so excited to be coming to that area because when I started, that was the areas I was working in. But it's a really crazy story because every time I would go to Blockbuster Video, uh, during that time, I was also trying out for the Miami Dolphins. I actually uh, played high school football uh, in the area. Remember the Titans? Uh, it, we were state champions in that area. I went on a football scholarship to James Madison University. Then I had an opportunity free agent tryout for Miami Dolphins. So I was trying out at that, getting ready for tryouts for Miami Dolphins. And I met this young kid in Blockbuster Video. And it seemed like every time I went to Blockbuster Video, I would continue to run into this kid well he continued to run in this kid and he kept every time telling me he used to be a professional wrestler i didn't listen to him at first but he kept mentioning so and i was not this person watching wrestling i came from a heavy football background but my best friend in high school uh which my coach protected me but he would allow me to work with the wrestling team 
my best friend was a state champion in, in wrestling. So I was messing around with wrestling in high school, but I wasn't officially on the team. Okay. So, uh, so what's, what's great about, um, where I started and, and what happened during that time is I started watching wrestling. I wasn't watching wrestling. I wasn't this big avid fan watcher. So I turned it on Saturday mornings when it, when it was the great time to watch wrestling Saturday mornings. And what I started noticing was all these athletes, guys who were previous football players, guys who were bouncers, guys who were, you know, some kind of athlete or some kind of experience in their background, but I noticed them coming out in these sold-out coliseums, and then I noticed all the merchandise on guys like Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Legion of Doom, Randy Macho Man Savage, Rick to Model Martel. These are the guys I was watching, and I, and I started thinking about it, and I started putting one plus one equals two. I was working at Bally's at the time, I was a divisional manager of Bally's Health and Tennis Corporation. I was making a lot of money. I was responsible for grossing like $500,000 to $600,000 per month corporately. Wow. So I knew no, I knew numbers. So I, I started looking at this thing, and I started going, wait a minute. Previous football players, athletic guys, I'm in, I've been playing football. I've been in the gym. I've been working out my whole life. Wait a minute. Yeah. So I started thinking more about it, and the kids said, you know, listen, I really – started getting interested. I started asking questions. Finally said, listen, I really know someone big in the industry. I go, really? I said, who? He says, I know someone really, really big. I said, who? He said, nature boy, Buddy Rogers. So nature boy, Buddy Rogers at that time had already been retired. Okay. And he was living in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on the intercoastal waterways. Beautiful place in Florida, house right on the water, meaning that's prime location. Because I, my wife and I and my family also lived on the water originally from where we live now, but that's where we were originally before moving. So he, he lived in a very beautiful area. So eventually I got to go meet Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, and when I met him, we just hit it off. I walked in his house beautiful house, classy family, classy wife, uh, real nice son. He had his uh, professional championship belts and nice glass cases up on the wall. We just hit it off. And then he, he told me, listen, you know, if you really want to do this, he, I can really hook you up with, uh, uh, at that time, he, he was even hooked me up with the Monster Factory, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. That was also the manager for Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, during that time. So he was he even had the hook up there, but I did not make a decision instantly because I was making a six-digit income before getting into wrestling. I mentioned yet earlier working for Bally, so I was right. making a six-digit income. Right. So I didn't move to make the decision, but finally one day I was sitting in my office and who comes walking up into my corporate office building and walks into my office, no other than the legend himself, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Nice. He sits down in front of me, he starts mentioning some things to me, he talked in a different way, you know, very confident in me, and, and then he, he just planted seeds in me that made me at that time say, you know, if I don't try this, I'm going to think about this for the rest of my life. And that's how I've always been. I've always, if I see something, I don't see the wall, I just say, you know what, let's do this. I don't see the wall, doesn't mean you don't have fear, but I don't see the wall, and I just go pursue it. So I, I quit a job making $100,000 a year, over $100,000 a year, that they were grooming me to uh, 
area director, which would have been a quarter million a year. And just to have a laugh as we end this answer to this question, I remember when I'd already given my notice, well, the owners of the company at that time, which is Bally's Corporation, that owns all the gambling stuff. Uh, at that time, it was heavily owned, and I don't know who the owners are now, but heavily owned by Italians. So all the Italians came to my office that day, you know, or three of them they came and it was like, it was like the Godfather came because they were really <laughs> making me offer that I couldn't refuse. They were, they were actually giving me a $30,000 instant raise. They were given all kind of promises, but I looked at them and said, Hey, it's just like how you guys have got to your position. You haven't got there by not believing in yourself and sometimes maybe taking a risk. So I, I left there. Uh, I went to, uh, I, I listened to Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. I went to the Monster Factory in Paulsburg, New Jersey. I trained real hard. I went, uh, I went uh, five days a week, but then I even asked, no, we did four days a week, but I asked, can I get it in there on Fridays? I worked on Fridays by myself with someone. I also sometimes worked on Saturdays when everybody else was playing and playing around. I was putting extra work. So I was really blessed by God because within one year after starting the business, I got the call for more wrestling federation. Well, you mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow earlier. Uh, during your run with WWE, you had some classic and historic feuds with him and Rick Martel, IRS, just to name a, just to name a few. Tell me about your perspective on those feuds and those matches with those gentlemen. Oh, a- absolutely awesome! Here's why. Here's why the feuds were so tremendous then because the feuds were what was so different in that era is this every guy that walked through the curtain was unique every guy that walked through that curtain no one looked like him no one looked like legion of doom no one looked like bam bam bigelow no one looked like rick the model martell or Shawn michaels or diesel or tatanka everyone was unique so everyone was a superstar so you always had these two superstars when they finally faced off it was a big thing because not like today where the superstars are always wrestling each other many many times you know we would wrestle a lot of guys on tv that were trying to get in but when we got together then it was a big thing but the storylines were just really good storylines with larger than life characters and bam bam bigelow was he was like one of the greatest big men in our industry he's greatly missed but you could you got a guy that when he came through the curtain okay when he was playing the beast from the east and playing the bad guy he looked like the villain so all you got to do is bring the hero through the curtain and that's another big thing that's missed in our industry that you know you don't have that that villain and that hero like you always had back in the day you know so that's what was so great about bam bam because they knew how to get against him and they knew how to get with the fan favorite with the hero and it, we just had a great storyline i saved sherry the mar sherry martell from him another great name a hall of famer sensational sherry you know bam bam was beating up on her i saved her which everyone wanted to see. Then Bam Bam attacked me, actually cut my red mohawk, which symbolized the bloodline of all Native American nations. That was very sacred to me then. My bloodline is sacred because I'm really Native American, an official member of a tribe here in the United States of America, both my mom and dad, both Native American. So so it, it was a sacred thing. Storylines meant something then. So you would have a lot of heat on the storyline. And our storylines 
which were fantastic as I end with this, they would last for a whole year. You would go all over the world fighting Bam Bam Bigelow until you could finally get your hands on him at a WrestleMania, wherever it may be, Royal Rumble, like me and him in 1995 Royal Rumble, we tore it up. You know, so yeah. so Bam Bam was a pleasure to work in the ring. Rick the Model Martel was a pleasure to work with because not only were they competitors, not only were they tough in the ring, but you had two seasoned veterans too that really knew what they were doing in the ring. Not maybe they knew what they were doing in the ring. So it was just a pleasure to work with guys like that during the World Wrestling Federation era. We talk about that heat that uh, that uh, Bam Bam drew from from shaving or cutting your mohawk. How about the heat that IRS got got when he destroyed your your headdress? Tell me about that. Uh, uh, well, that, that was absolutely awesome too. It was a very uh, uh, remarkable, memorable moment of my career because truly what happened there if you go back to where it all began with it began with a a ceremony on monday night raw with no other than the man himself vincent mcmahon and also two of the greatest superstars in our industry but more important than that two guys that are well known for being superstars in this industry as Native Americans. My mentor when I came into World Wrestling Federation, Chief J. Strongbow, and of course, Wahoo McDaniels. So I had Chief J. Strongbow, Wahoo McDaniels, passing the torch to me, the younger Native, which was a great honor, and I didn't take that lightly, passing the torch to me with Vincent McMahon, You don't have to say anything greater than that name. And also a representative of my tribe, which was Ray Little Turtle, that was not only part of uh, uh, leadership, but was part of many different aspects of our tribe where I was giving a ceremonial headdress. Then you have IRS, again, the villain, uh, the the United States government trying to take advantage of you, okay? Right. Here he comes, Erwin R. Scheister saying that, since I'm Native American, I had to pay tax on that. I had to pay gift tax on the headdress. I said, no, I'm not. I'm Native American. We're not paying gift tax. But more important, it was a sacred thing that was given from my tribe to me. Okay, so it became a very heated issue to finally when it got very, very heated. It was a Monday Night Raw, I remember. I wrestled Quang. Quang bl- blinded my eyes. Uh, with the green mist, here came IRS. I was blinded. He put the headdress on, was mocking me, uh, also attacked me, tied me up into the ropes, and really laid a beating on me. I mean, anyone knows IRS has a, a great amateur background with wrestling, too. Right. Just not a professional background of being a veteran, but coming from an amateur background. I know his sons personally, Wendell uh, uh, Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. He lives by same area where I live. So I know his family, tough guys, uh, Wyndham, big boy, his dad, tough, IRS during that time. So attacked me, and then more important than that, Chief Jay Strombo came to the ring. I attacked him, beat him down, and then took that sacred long trail headdress and ripped it up. And it was a tremendous thing at that time because if you go back and look at it, you can look all around the crowd and you can actually see fans that were crying. Oh, yeah, I remember it. I remember watching it. Absolutely. uh, So that's how – but guess what? 
true storylines, storylines that meant something. Everyone knows in real, real life, you cannot do that with a Native American. Headdresses are sacred. Do they represent something? You know, like all things do to my people, names mean something. A a headdress is sacred. It means something. So the storylines made sense. The storylines were true and real, so fans could really get behind it and feel the emotion behind it. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. seems like today that storylines, they just don't seem to have as much emotion as they used to. And I think it's it's extremely important for fans to get involved emotionally. And and without that, you don't have meaningful storylines, just like you mentioned. And uh, it's hard to get invested into a character if there's not emotion tied to or tied to them, so uh, I agree with you 100% on that. Well, let me, let me give you a perfect example. Everyone listening is going to relate to this. Everyone listening is going to relate to this. All over the United States of America, you can turn on your TV, and I can't tell you how many times do you see Rocky One, Rocky Two. Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five, and I think even Rocky six showing on the TV. Yeah, greatest Every movies of all time. Of, and why <laughs> do we continue to watch a movie that we've watched maybe fifty times, ten times, maybe a hundred times? And why, when at the end of the movie, when Rocky goes, "Yo, Adrian!" Right. Oh, we're cheering. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Come on. You know why? We get emotionally tied to a great story. That's how it has to be. Listen, you need to explain that to my wife because my wife, she never gets it. She's like, how do you watch this movie 50 People times? watch them again and again and again and <laughs> I was again. Like, and it's funny because you said it. Life. I was just watching it probably like a week ago. And she comes in. She goes, I cannot believe you're watching this movie again. I'm like, it's Rocky. What are you talking about? There you go. There you go. So, and and, and, and that's the thing about it, because they people just want that one spark in their lives, in their spirit, when they see that, that makes them feel alive, and also makes them continue to go on, makes them continue to stand, makes them continue to move. That's the reason why you have need to have those great classic, great storylines, because it also helps people with the struggles and things that they're dealing with in their own lives. That's the reason fans, I can't tell you how many wrestling fans have told me along my travels, you don't understand what you got me through in my life. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. so that's the reason we need to have character us, just not only for wrestling, but also that it can be larger than us and, and touch other people so they can be inspired, so they can be encouraged. Now, you've played a babyface for most of your career, and you were a heel alongside the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Which did you enjoy the most, being a babyface or being a heel? Well, here's what I loved about that, and, and, and we'll be open because I've been open with people about this. Babyface was awesome. As soon as I came in, Vince loved the concept that I was truly Native American. We did our first vignettes on our Native lands with our shaman, our holy man, okay, with eagle feathers, the sacred ceremony, okay, with people from my own tribe, okay? So he loved that. He, he, he loved that aspect. And, and as soon as I came in, 
they were moving with me. I had merchandise. I went two years undefeated. I was standing there, and I remembered. I remember like day one. I, I was in, and I was instantly taking poster shots from my poster as soon as I came in in my original outfit which was my long white tights and the guy joking with me who was my be best friend at that time who I traveled with was the undertaker. Uh, he was joking. Look at this young kid coming in you know, already getting his t-shirts and poster. He was just joking. But I, as soon as I came in, they were instantly doing things with me. So yes, it was fantastic to, to be a baby face, to have posters and, and, and star film tomahawks and uh, Wrestlemania album and all all of that stuff and hearing the fans cheer your name and, and be behind you but the other aspect that I also love too that you don't see in our industry which also was just me and Vince McMahon it was nobody else it was me and Vince McMahon only that sat down and we discussed the Lex Luger turn yeah. We discussed it, you know, and, and, and what's so great about that is a lot of guys can be a great baby face. A lot of guys sometimes can be a great heel, but to switch to the other side and to be playing on both sides and play both sides great, that's absolutely awesome. So I had the opportunity on my first time on the turn for it to be such a swerve that it was talked, it's still talked about today. It's one of the most heaviest things that is talked to me when I meet people one-on-one. -on -one. I can't tell you how many fans bring up, number one, my turn on them with Lex Luger. And so it was an impacting thing. Why? Because we did a great storyline. I sold it properly. Lex sold it properly. Ted DiBiase, one of the greatest managers ever sold it properly okay and, and we had a respect for the fans too we wanted to entertain the fans but what was great about that time again was everyone thought it was going to be lex luger right everyone knew it was going to be lex sure. and it was totally opposite and it wasn't also that i was turning on my fans it was because lex luger which some fans now say oh i missed that I said Lex Luger was calling himself the All-American. Mm -hmm. I was calling, you're not the All-American. I'm the true American, meaning first. Right. So it was also about who's first, who is the greatest American, okay? No, you're not the All-American. All-American Lex Luger. No, 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 no. My people first. <laughs> you, you, so it was the thing with the native student. A lot of people, I didn't know that. The fan base thinks, though, when you go from being a great baby face and then you go to becoming a heel, sometimes they think, well, that's not good for you anymore. But just like it takes two to tango, WWE fully understands when you have two great superstars in that ring, as we used to say, a villain and a hero, it makes for the right chemistry in the ring. Sure, absolutely. Well, talking about chemistry, you had some great feuds and great matches with Shawn Michaels. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that time in the ring with him and that storyline you had in that fantastic match you had with him at WrestleMania. WrestleMania well, 9, to be specific. Yeah, you got it. Well, Shawn, of course, uh, that's all, all you have to do is say Shawn Michaels. I mean, uh, not only a Hall of Famer, but Shawn Michaels is uh, an iconic name 
in the wrestling industry. Everyone knows that name worldwide, and he worked hard to in the ring to be such a great, as, as it says, one of the greatest entertainers and Mr. WrestleMania himself. So it was a pleasure to work with Sean, you know, but it's also an honor for all those which which I appreciate. It's an honor to me for all those that supported me that strongly that Tatanka was facing a Shawn Michaels. So, so, so I thank all of the fans and all those that supported me because I wouldn't be facing a name at that level unless I had a strong name or a strong fan base myself. So I was very appreciative of being able to work with Sean. And of course, during that time, it was a hot time for me. I was on that undefeated streak, undefeated streak for going like um, like two years. I don't know exactly where I was at at that point of that undefeated streak, but I faced Sean twice Okay, twice before WrestleMania nine. Okay, they were non-title matches, but I defeated Sean twice in a six-man tag on Monday Night Raw, and me and him alone defeated him twice. So it was a really good build-up to WrestleMania. And what was so awesome about it, we just had the right chemistry too. Sean had the right chemistry at a right time character that he was being that sexy boy toy character that he was playing during that time and me being native american and again doing that era i mean just characters were everything and sean was just a great worker so if you know how to work yourself again when you get two guys in that ring like i mentioned earlier on this interview it just creates the perfect chemistry so we have the right chemistry going into wrestlemania and that's another thing too just to let you know never before in in pay-per-view history had they ever started a pay-per-view with a title match <laughs> so Shawn michaels and i opened up wrestlemania 9 that's a big thing people don't understand that's a big honor that's been given to you that's a big trust that's been given to you because they're allowing you to open up their grand event their biggest event of the year, their biggest event of the company, they're trusting you to light that building up and set that whole stage for where it needs to be for that entire pay-per-view. So it's a big, it was a big honor to actually open up WrestleMania 9. And again, it's an honor because many times, several different times there, it's been mentioned as one of the best WrestleMania matches. I got fan base who were just telling me that just a couple days ago. The WWE Network is so tremendous for wrestling fans because fans that haven't seen it and fans that have seen it, when they go see it or see it again, they go, wow, that was an unbelievable match. And we just had a great match. And what made it great, too, was coming from Caesars Palace. Can we can we ever forget, rest in peace, and, and, and what an awesome talent he was, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Coming out on that camel backwards. (laughs) Only Bobby the Brain Heenan could think of that. Only him would do something so clever and be remembered forever. So you have Bobby the Brain Heenan and also another great commentator, another great wrestling superstar, another great iconic name, friend of mine, again, rest in peace too, Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, come on. You you got a commentating like that. It's just tremendous, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, also Jim Ross. Just fantastic to have guys like that. So it just sets a perfect stage 
for the fans watching by pay-per-view and, of course, the fans that were there at Caesars Palace. And we all know I defeated Sean, but, again, it was through a count-out, so the title did not change. But, man, did the WWE Universe and the fans during that time, did they want to see me get that title that day? Oh, no doubt about it. I remember watching the match and being really disappointed in the fact you didn't win it. Were there any talks that you were supposed to win the IC title? <laughs> Now we're going deep. We're going out yeah, in deep waters now, anyway. Absolutely. Uh, shots to the cranium is going out into deep waters. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, every, everyone knows. I, I've been open with this and uh, on some uh, some of these uh, interviews that you do. Uh, but I, I was only tour. Uh, real quick, when I was on, on a tour, and the guys, like I mentioned earlier, friends that I would hang out with was Undertaker, uh, and also Brett, the hitman heart. Uh, I was out with both of them. We went out and had dinner after having a wrestling event, just spending time together, just us three. Uh, we got back to Brett's room, and we just us three were just sitting down, chatting, and then Undertaker, and it was coming up to WrestleMania, but Undertaker was talking about, you know, listen, hey, Tatanka, I want to speak to you about WrestleMania. I go, yeah, sure, you know, because it was coming up. You know, and all of us during that time, we would constantly talk wrestling. It's different today. We'd constantly be buzzing and thinking of psychology and how to get better and how to do things not only better for us, but for the for the WWE fan base. So I was thinking that he was speaking the WrestleMania coming up, but he was talking about last year's WrestleMania. And I looked at Taker and I says, what are you talking about? He says, well, he says, he says, to be honest, he says, we wanted to wait this long because I know that you're a stand-up guy, meaning you don't take – I was always a nice guy, but, you know, never a problem ever. But he knew that, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I'm not going to run from a fight. If, you, if you're going to if you're gonna do something to me, I'm going to be right there asking you, hey, why did you do this? Sure, sure. He said, you, you, you were planned to win the title at WrestleMania. He said, but Sean and the clique went running around saying that you had an attitude and and that you were being hard to work with. And the office started believing it and got a little bit concerned. And also, again, during that time, too, Sean was very, very close with Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson, of course, was heavily involved. Great mind for the business. Great mind for the business. Uh, he was heavily good friends with Pat Patterson at that time. And, you know, and I was just a hard worker. I came in. You know, that's how I've been raised. You know, work hard, you, you earn your success. But I didn't understand at big companies like this that, you know, you better watch out. People shake your hand and then, you know, there's the knife. So yeah. so I found out almost a year later because Taker said, I told, I waited this long for you because they're taking care of you here. They're doing good things with you. I didn't want you to get in the go kick Sean's butt and then get in trouble and Vince be upset with you and something happened with your career. So I'm glad he didn't. You know, yeah. what, what are you going to do anyway? But, you know, again, if you remember, okay, and I'll bring this up too. Do you remember Shawn Michaels' retirement speech on that Monday Night Raw when he was talking about his retirement speech? This was many, many years ago. He did say there was a lot of guys, you know, back then in that locker room and did not like me and they had good reason not to like me. You know, he was talking about how he changed his life. Everyone knows that he got more serious with his relationship with God, but he also knew the old Shawn Michaels did things that, you know, was not good. And he was testifying to doing his retirement thing. So, so that's what happened, but you know what? It, what? What's so tremendous about 
even that without the belt. People say, man, you should have had the belt. You should have had the belt. But I've made some fans really understand something. Some of the greatest names in our industry have not had belts. Even Undertaker has hardly carried the belt for a long period of time. And he's never had to have it like that because when you're so strong with an name of your own when you're so strong on, on your own name on your own talents on your own skills they don't need to give you a belt a belt is is a tool that's used to help someone get over the top or to help the fans love this guy a little bit more than the ones that they are loving because this is the guy that they're putting everything on so the belts are used as tools so you see a lot of guys roddy piper some of the greatest names in our industry not carry titles it, because man they were already the title. They didn't need a title. Right. They were so great. It wasn't something to me like, oh, my God, I didn't win the title. It just showed, again, how strong my fan base is and how hard I had worked in the ring. And, of course, also the great things that World Wrestling Federation and Vince McMahon had done with me, too. All right, for fans listening who may not understand or know anything about your Native American heritage, tell us more about it and the, uh, the message that you want the world to hear about your heritage. Well, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, I've been proud to to have Native American blood ever since, you know, going through junior high school. I remember even uh, the student body playing football at high school, you know, chanting, you know, not only Native American chants, but during that time they used to call me Cherokee Chris Chavis. But they said that because my tribe was from North Carolina and they thought some Cherokee blood was mixed in with our tribe. But my official name of my tribe is the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. Our tribal homelands is in Pembroke, North Carolina. There's about 65,000 who are enrolled as official members. As we've learned in our recent politics, you just can't say I'm Native American. You have to be an official member of a tribe where the tribal uh, board, the tribal council confirms that you are Native blood and, and part of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. I mean, I'm a card-carrying Native American. So very, very proud of our heritage, very, very proud of my heritage because our tribe is a very successful tribe, meaning we we don't have reservation lands. That's one of the worst things that, you know, successful na- Native American communities don't like because reservations are, are bondage to our people. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it, it's making the Natives be dependent upon something from the government instead of looking at the greater things that they can do okay Mm -hmm. and reaching to do great things for example since and this is another reason why i want you to mention this just recently this month okay a girl by the name of uh i think uh, alexius jones i forget her last name alexius jones you can go to indian country uh magazine but you can also go to american idol and you can also go to our homepage of our tribe which is uh, if you just put in Lumbee Tribe of North Carolina, our webpage, our Twitter handles for our tribe will come up. But we just had a girl just at the beginning of this month, just the golden ticket to go to Hollywood on American Idol from my tribe. Nice. Uh, so it's always 
awesome when someone in the Native American community rises up and people all over the world, as far as Natives can see, because it encourages our people because I, people don't understand. They, they see Natives and they think, well, they own all these casinos. No, there's about 140 tribes that, that own casinos, but there's actually about uh, 1,100 tribes in the U.S. And the reality is many of them are starving. Most Natives are the high-risk categories that you do not want to be on, meaning uh, poverty, meaning diabetes, meaning uh, alcoholism, drug, teen suicide, teen pregnancy, high school dropout rate, the high-risk things that you do not want to be on. So when natives rise up for our blood, it is something great because it gives so many something to hang on, say, if that native can do it, I can do it. I can get off the reservation. So so I just want people to know it, it's a great thing, you know, uh, as far as what I've done with World Wrestling Federation, but also there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the Native American communities right out here in the United States of America. You go to Ogalaka Sioux, okay, you know, and you and you see their houses, they got tin roofs with a tire on top trying to hold tin roofs down with no insulation, oh, wow. no heating during winter months, you know. You go to the Dakotas, they're fighting over simple water rights still, you know, so it, it's pretty crazy. The first Americans are still struggling still struggling to to survive still struggling to 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 reach up to get to a higher level they don't they don't want to rule the earth they just want to have their peaceful communities because they're very are family orientated in, in tradition and things of that nature so again you know i'm very proud of what i've done but there's a lot more things that i'm going to be doing uh and since we're here i'll let the fans know that if you're looking to speak to me or if you're looking to get in contact with me, if you're looking to book me, speaking, engagements, wrestling, whatever it may be, you can go to nativetatanka.com. I'm all over social media. I thank God I got a huge social media following also by being on contract with WWE on a Legends contract. That's a blessing, too, because it, it gives you a lot of exposure in the social media world. So my Twitter account is Native Tatanka. Instagram's Native Tatanka. Um, my Facebook Facebook page is also native to Tonka, confirmed by Facebook. So if you guys need to reach out, you've got many ways to find me. Listen, hopefully we will see you inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame very soon. I think you deserve it, and I know I'll be standing and applauding when I finally hear the news that you're going in. Oh, that, 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 that's definitely an awesome. And you know, the, the great, the greatest thing that I can tell to all the great wrestling fans out there, all the hardcore Tatanka fans, all those fans that represent and love that era. The blessing with me is, and the honor with me is WWE has honored what I've done by putting me on a Legends contract, because the Legends contract is where all the guys begin with their Legends deals, which eventually turns into Hall of Fame deals, and, and Vince has been very, very smart. It's been a very lucrative uh, thing for him, because people love that era, the action figures from my area are the action figures that are you all the time selling out. Vince McMahon is a very smart businessman. He does nothing without 
doing something that's going to earn him a profit, going to create more revenue for him. So this Legends uh, saying Hall of Fame is a very lucrative thing, and it also uh, not only represents a golden era, but lets the fans be able to enjoy that too by seeing some of those guys that they fell in love with wrestling actually being on the Legends deal and then eventually going into the Hall of Fame. So it will be an honor to be in the WWE Hall of Fame for sure, definitely. Well, Tatanka, this is the uh, cranium shot portion. We're going to end the interview with the cranium shot portion. I'm going to say a name, and then you tell me the first word or words that may pop in your mind. This is going to be a name from your past. Are you ready? Yep, gotcha. Yokozuna. Oh, I would love to say so many words about him, but just say great worker. Lex Luger. Awesome physique. Current Universal Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Carlito. Great talent. Kurt Angle. Olympic gold medalist, the best. And finally, The Undertaker. Friend and iconic superstar. Well, Tatanka, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with me. It's been an absolute honor. I cannot thank you enough. I cannot wait to see you April 6th in Griffin, Georgia at Battle of the Belts. Uh, Fans, make sure, again, you buy a ticket to this event. It's Universal Championship Wrestling's Battle of the Belts. You can go to their website at ucwtv.com. Again, that's ucwtv.com. That event's taking place Saturday, April the 6th, again, in Griffin, Georgia. You can also follow Universal Championship Wrestling on social media at, at UCWTV and find out more about this fantastic company through their website at UCWTV.com. Again, Tatanka, congratulations on a very successful pro wrestling career and for being part of Universal Championship Wrestling. Uh, Steve, we, we thank you very much. Again, we want to thank you and uh, and all the awesome work that you've done for this industry. Also, want to thank all the great listeners out there on Share Shots to the Cranium. Love the name. Again, I'm looking forward again seeing all the great fans in Griffin, Georgia, April 6th. We're going to be bringing old school, that's for sure. So you guys get all fired up. Again, it's going to be a pleasure working with UCW again. I love their concept. Again, bringing old school and the new talent day so it's going to be a pleasure to see you in person looking forward to seeing you fans in griffin it's tatanka peace i'm out